welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Okay, so today I just have one basic idea to talk to you about. Be an encourager. There's no code language today or imagery. We're not talking about chess boards or frog eating. I just want to give it to you straight. I think it is an enormous difference maker every day when you set out to be an encourager. We already know that's what Christians are supposed to be. You know that Jesus said in Matthew 5 that we are the light of the world, that we reflect the message of hope from Jesus to everyone that we meet. That's being an encourager. Somebody who brings the attention to the spiritual, makes it about the blessings of Jesus no matter what, and draws people to the glory of God. We also know that among our Christian family, we need encouragement. Hebrews 10 talks about how we assemble so that we can encourage each other. Hebrews chapter 3, a verse that I'm looking at right now, tells us to take care because the world is a tough place and people might fall away from the living God. But here's how we're going to work against that. Encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today. Now that goes hand in hand with our Excel Still More approach and what we saw from Jesus in Matthew 6 when he said each day has enough trouble of its own. We just have to set out in day tight intervals and say, Today I will be an encourager. Today I will be the person in the room that expresses the presence of God and helps other people feel better, helps other people see their blessings. We need more encouragers. And for some of us, it's not that we don't want to encourage. It's that we're trapped in our me bubbles. We get trapped in this thinking that completely revolves around ourselves and what we are dealing with and our struggles and difficulties, and we sit around waiting for other people to come and encourage us. I'm just here to tell you that's not the way this works. Instead, No matter what's going on in your life, you operate with level three gratitude. We talked about that in a previous episode. You are thankful for what you have. You are thankful to the God who gave it. And you're looking for ways to express that gratitude to God. So now I'm not walking around waiting on other people to make me feel better. I already know who I am and I already know what God has done for me. So I can turn my attention outside of that me bubble, just pop that thing, and start looking for people in my life who need to be encouraged. We're going to look at Barnabas today in the New Testament so that I can give you some tangible examples of how to encourage other people. He is an incredible case study for that. In fact, you may remember in the book of Acts, his name wasn't even Barnabas. It was Joseph. But they renamed him Barnabas because it meant son of encouragement. He was so good at helping people, at assisting those who had need, at making it about others and not about himself, at standing up for folks and helping them understand their value that they said, look, we've got to come up with a whole new name for you. We're going to call you son of encouragement for the rest of your life. And you don't know him as Joseph in the New Testament narrative, do you? You know him as the encourager. I want to be like Barnabas, and I'm going to share with you a few of the things that he did, but I have to tell you about something else first. On my way into the office today, I stopped at a nursing home just a couple of minutes from here where one of our church members is now staying. Her name is Sarah, and she's just been admitted. This is her first day there. 
She is 85 years old. In fact, today, I just found out, is her 85th birthday. So I go in to visit her, and you have to understand some things about Sarah first. She's been in a wheelchair for a long time. She's had a lot of issues in her life, a lot of struggles, but she's always smiling. She comes in the church building, and somebody's pushing her through the door, and she's smiling. She always says something about God. She's an encourager by nature. She never, she has never let her own limitations and struggles keep her from being a bright light of hope. I love her for that. So when I walked in the room, I expected a big smile on her face. But instead, I sat down next to her and she looked at me. She'd been through a lot. She was in the hospital this week and now she's in a a foreign place. She looks at me, no smile on her face, and she says, Chris, today is my 85th birthday And I think it's the first time in my life that I felt depressed. I feel sad. I'm struggling. This is hard. What can I do? Now, this story is probably not going to go like you think it's going to go. You're probably thinking that I sat there and thought, this is my moment. I need to be an encourager. I need to pick her up and make her feel better, which is pretty obvious. Anybody with a pulse would feel compelled to do that. And so I did. I said a few positive things. I said, I can't believe it. It's your birthday. That's so great. And then she looked at me when I said it was her birthday and that that was great. And she smiled for the first time. I'd sat down a couple of minutes earlier and she smiled. And for the next 20 minutes, she talked to me. She talked to me with this huge smile on her face. She talked to me about the blessings of God. She mentioned God a dozen times about how he had brought her through 85 years of life, about how someone introduced the gospel to her when she was young, about the family she's raised to understand and love the Lord. She kept mentioning Jesus. She called him Christ. She said, Christ is with me. Christ is in the room with me. I mean, she went to preaching, let me tell you. She talked about his presence. She talked about how much her Christian family has made a difference. She talked about how she's always tried to make a difference no matter what she was facing. She was picking me up, and I was getting fired up. I'm sitting there listening to her, and I'm thinking, look at her. She's going through some of the worst times of anyone's life. You might look at her situation and think there's very little to be thankful for, and yet look at her. She's smiling. She's laughing. Her eyes are bright. She keeps talking about how blessed she is. She said, I don't even understand why I would feel down. I'm so blessed. God has done so much. And she let me talk a little bit in between, but for basically 20 minutes, she was just, she was just being an encourager. Not even a nursing home after two days in the hospital in a foreign place on her birthday by herself. She's got some family and friends showing up later, but she was by herself when I got there. Not even when she's feeling something, and I think it probably had to do with being moved to a new location, maybe something to do with not getting food or rest, but even when she perceived a depression in her, she just couldn't help herself. So at the end of that, the smile went away, and she looked at me and went back to her original comment and question. She said, Chris, how do I fix this? I feel this sadness and depression in me, and I don't want to be a negative effect. This is what she said to me. I don't want to have a negative effect on others. And I said, Sarah, 
For the last 20 minutes, all you've done is made me feel amazing. You've made me feel the presence of God like I haven't all week long. You've made me see the way God blesses us and how no matter where we are and what we're doing, there's always something to be thankful for. You've made me visualize the presence of the King, and I feel encouraged, Sarah. I feel different. I came here to make you feel better. I feel so good right now because of you, because of the smile on your face. I said, Sarah, you can't help yourself. Even when it's a hard day, maybe, as she said, the hardest day she's ever had, she can't help herself. She's an encourager. And of course, all of that made her feel good, but that wasn't why I was saying it. I was genuinely expressing thanksgiving to her for what an encourager that she is. And then we said, look, maybe you just need to get acclimated. I know you feel down, but you haven't been here before. Just give yourself a break. God is not angry with you because you're having a hard day. In fact, I can't help but think that God is so incredibly pleased with you right now by the things that you just said and the way you express your love for Him. And we prayed together, and some members of the church are going to visit her today on her birthday, and I have no doubt, no doubt at all, that the next time I see her, she'll have a big smile on her face and ready for a hug. So uh, that's Sarah's story. What's your excuse? We don't need to talk about journals today or scheduling and planning things. We don't need to talk about writing down spiritual highlights or knocking out a couple of frogs. None of that is important today. Today, we just need to get over ourselves. Today, we need to get outside of our trap bubbles where we think that the world is here to make us feel better. You find gratitude in your soul. So now you're taken care of. I'm blessed. God is here. And then we can start turning our attention to having our names changed. I don't think I'm going to call her Miss Sarah anymore. I'm going to call her Sister Barnabas from here on out. Well, she, she probably wouldn't like that. I probably won't do that. But you understand where I'm going. He's no longer Joseph. He's the son of encouragement. Now, if you're one of those people who are saying, got it, I'll try, but I sure would like some practical ways of implementing this today, let me take the last five minutes of this episode and tell you a little bit about Barnabas, some of the things that he actually did in his story in the book of Acts that can give you some direction today. First of all, Barnabas was benevolent. When he saw in Acts chapter 4, late in the chapter, that there were a lot of new Christians here in the area, in Jerusalem, maybe some lived other places, but now they wanted to stay close to the church, he saw Christians who had needs. They genuinely needed help with food, with a place to stay, with something that they were lacking. So he went out of his way, sold a piece of property, and gave that to the apostles so that it could be given to brethren who needed it. So maybe the first thing today is realize that attitude is important. Just having a great attitude and greeting people and talking about Jesus, I don't want to overlook any of that. That's what Miss Sarah had today, and she used it beautifully. But just know that, like Barnabas, you may have a few extra opportunities to be an encourager today. Let me just ask you this. Are there any Christians at your church who have needs? any who are lacking some things that most people have, anyone that you could go purchase something for or make something for and give to them and it would make a difference? How encouraging do you think that would be? Now you've got to be able to get outside yourself. Some people say, well, nobody's made me anything or why can't somebody else do it? No, that's 
That's not the ESM team. The Excel Still More team doesn't get caught up on junk like that. We just realize that God has blessed us, our gratitude overflows, and we want to give some of that water to somebody else. So that's the first thing I would think about. Is there someone who has a need that I can fill? Okay, so the next time we hear about Barnabas is in chapter 9. This is after Saul had been converted. You remember Saul on the road to Damascus. And now he's being introduced to the church, but people are scared of him, naturally. I mean, he had been a persecutor of Christians. But Barnabas believed in him. And here's what I really like about the encouragement in this story. It wasn't about buying something or spending something. It was about standing up for someone. It was about bringing Saul to the people and describing to them how he had changed his life and spoken up boldly for the Lord. And really, Barnabas changed things. I don't know if there would have been a connection between Saul and the church in Jerusalem without Barnabas the encourager standing up for him and representing him well to the people. So maybe that's your way today. It won't look exactly like that, but is there someone you can speak up for? Is there someone you can speak kindly about to help them integrate with the group? I was thinking about our church. Our church is growing, and we have a lot of new people. We have people who've come out of the world. We have people who may not know or be comfortable with others. Can I be that person to fix that? To be the bridge, the connection, the optimist, the encourager? Can I speak up for one person in the ear of another to encourage them both? All right, I'll give you another one. Let me just tell you, this Barnabas thing is awesome. By the way, if you're a preacher, yes, I'm sharing with you a very preachable outline about Barnabas the encourager. We move a little further along. So, so far, he's sacrificed something of himself to fill a need. He's spoken up for someone to encourage them with others. And in chapter 11, when he heard about the gospel reaching the ears of those in Antioch, the Bible says in chapter 11, verse 23, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and he began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord, for he was a good man. Well, wouldn't you know it, a man named Son of Encouragement is encouraging people. In this case, he's with God's people, encouraging them to stay strong. He's encouraging them to stick with it. Can you think of any Christians you know who need that? Who need someone to say, look, we're in this for the right reasons. We love the Lord. We're never going to give up. We've got grit. And I just want to encourage you to keep fighting. If we had more of that in the church, we would be a stronger people. Let's be like Barnabas. Man, I love that guy. And I really feel like I can do some of that. Now, we don't have time to go through all of Barnabas' experience in the New Testament. He had some disagreements with people along the way. He even made a few mistakes. We all do that but he never let it stop him from his mission to encourage. The last thing I'll tell you about is in chapter 14, where he and Paul had gone around. Now they're traveling together in the first missionary journey. They're preaching and helping people and encouraging people. And so it's almost like the people wanted to worship them. They wanted to exalt Barnabas as if he deserved the glory for his attitude and his purpose. So immediately in verses 14 and 15, Barnabas and Paul told the people, This is not about us. It is God who made us. God made all of this. Everything we have is through the word and the message of God. And so the last thing I want you thinking about today, if you want to be an encourager, is Barnabas always gave the glory to God. Remember, it's personal gratitude that's motivating your attitude anyway. The fact that God is taking care of you and all you really want to do is return thanks to him. 
that has motivated you to pop the me bubble, to see somebody in need and try to fill that need, to see somebody who needs to be spoken up for and encourage them, to see Christians that just need to be reminded to stick with it and you go be a part of that. We're doing all of that because we're so thankful for the blessings of God. And it's such a privilege to serve God. So if you want to be a great encourager today, make it all about the glory of the Lord. I just have to tell you, going back to Sarah, I wish I would have noted in 20 minutes how often she mentioned God and Christ, how central they were to the smile on her face and pretty much everything that she said. To God be the glory, great things he has done. That was her message, regardless of her situation. So look, You've got your mission. You know exactly the way God wants you to affect others today. You've got Sarah's beautiful story. You have Barnabas' inspiration. Find a way. Make it about the work. Set out to do one thing today above all else. Be an encourager. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to support this program, go check out our new website, excelstillmore.life. You can subscribe to emails there. There are book recommendations, show notes, lots of great things. We'd love for you to check it out. And don't forget to share this program with your friends if you think it'll help them. And you can always follow along on the Facebook page. And please remember, whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.